Good morning. morning. Greetings in the name of the Lord. Uh, As I just uh, gave a testimony, my name is Joshua Sa, and it is truly my privilege and honor to be before you to be able to share and deliver the Word of God. Uh, If you would with me, please open your Bibles, and we will be in the book of Romans, chapter 3, verses 20 through 31. If you are able to, please stand with us as we read the Word of God in Romans chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, uh, 31. I didn't have the version, I believe, that your church usually uses, uses, so please forgive me. I will be reading in the English Standard Version. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law, Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. I know for most of us here, uh, October 31st is a day where we celebrate a season of um, Halloween. It's it's a merry uh, kind of festive time where we are able to dress up in costumes and also trick-or-treat for some of the children here and maybe some of the adults as well. (laughs) However, for us as Christians, I think October 31st has far more meaning. It has a deeper meaning to that because we know that Uh, In tradition, October 31st was the day that Martin Luther posted the 95 Theses uh, on that Wittenberg uh, church. And its far greater meaning is in Martin Luther bringing up issue before the Catholic Church of whether we are saved and justified before God because of our works or because of faith. Now, Martin Luther certainly didn't come up with this uh, and, and suddenly have objections to the Catholic Church just in a day and suddenly decide that he wants to uh, make up 95 theses. But this was actually a culmination of many, many years where the tradition and the Reformed faith, right, justification by faith alone, had been transformed into a type of works salvation. And so salvation had become works where the gift of God's free grace was tainted with things that were to be done by man. And the atonement of Christ alone had been expanded so that forgiveness could be given by 
the clergy or the pope or through sacraments or indulgences. The true exegeting of God's word uh, could not be found any longer. And it was replaced with hidden agendas by the clergy or the church, maybe to raise money, raise funds. And so that was a big practice, the indulgences. And so it was to this regard that Martin Luther, as he delved into the word of God, was convicted by the Holy Spirit and that he realized that, no, we are not saved by any work that we can do before God, but we are only justified before God as righteous through faith alone. And so through the providence of God, he raised up reformers and Protestants, and he filled them with his spirit. And they stood for what is true. And it sparked a reformation, the great reformation, the greatest reformation in our history. And it was the, this reformation that we pull five points, the five solas. Sola fide, sola gratia, sola Christus, sola scriptura, and soli deo gloria. Or only faith, only grace, only Christ, only scripture, and only to the glory of God. Amen. And because of what these great reformers filled with the Holy Spirit were able to stand up for more than 500 years later, we are able to gather this morning and praise our God for his grace and for justifying us to himself through Jesus Christ in faith alone. And that's why we still call ourselves Protestants or Protestants today as well. And so we come to the passage today in Romans chapter 3 where Paul describes this great doctrine of sola fide, or justification by faith alone. It's the point that Luther really honed in on during that great reformation. It's really what he grasped onto that really surrounded these uh, 95 theses that he wrote. It was that we are only able to receive salvation by the grace of God, and we are only justified through the faith that we are given. However, those who were Christians, those who were maybe under this law of God, following the commands of God, they made it a point. They argued that for them, they were able to attain this salvation. They were able to, through merit and good work, they were able to add on to this salvation by faith. And so they came up with many, many things. But as Paul tells us in Galatians, By no means can we add anything to the gospel. Paul states in verse 20, the reason why I wanted to read from verse 20 all the way to 31, usually we would read from 21 to 31, but I wanted to highlight this portion as well. In verse 20 he says, For by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Paul highlights in previously, uh, before the passage we read today, that we are all sinners, that there is absolutely nobody who can be justified before God, before, uh, before God in works because we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And he further makes this point in Galatians 2, 16. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And so we have also believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. 19th century theologian Andrew Jukes, he states it very well. He says, ironically, if we think 
we can be righteous by keeping the law, then we have missed the point of the law. The law was not given as a means of justification before God. It was to help us realize who God is. It was to realize that we are sinful and that we can never, ever attain this salvation through our works. The law was given to us so that we can understand the grace of God, his steadfast love for us despite our sins. And so then it is not through the law, it is not through works that we are given this justification, but only through faith in Christ Jesus. This was such an integral and important point that Martin Luther states himself that this passage is the chief point of the entire Bible. And furthermore, he made this statement, Justificatio est articulus, stantis et candentis ecclesiae. You all understood what I just said, right? (laughs) It means justification is the article by which the church stands or falls. To Luther, it was this understanding of sola fide, justification by faith alone in Christ Jesus, that he believed the church would either stand or fall. If the church does not understand sola fide correctly, he believed that the church would fall. And so this brings us to this significant doctrine, sola fide. What is justification by faith alone? Well, first we have to then answer what justification is. And we're going to look at a quote from a theologian named Douglas Moo. He says, To be justified means to be acquitted by God from all charges that could be brought against a person because of his or her sins. This judicial verdict, for which one had to wait until the last judgment, according to the Jewish theology, is according to Paul rendered the moment a person believes. In other words, justification is the complete forgiveness. It's the atonement of the sins that we have. All of the unrighteousness, all of the transgressions that we have before God. Justification is wiping all of that clean. It's actually a a judicial term, he says. It's used in court to say all of the charges against you. You are not guilty, but you are innocent. And so Paul tells us that we are justified before God through faith in Jesus Christ at the moment that we believe. It doesn't happen progressively after we come to faith and we have to work for it. But at the moment that we believe, we are justified as righteous before God. And that is a great thing. If we believe that we have to live by works to somehow appease God and gain merit before him, that's quite bad news for us. Because as we read in verse 23, Paul says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He states again in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. So then, if we are not justified before God through faith in Christ, if we have to work for it, Paul says it's impossible. Because we are sinners, and we'll still be sinners, and we'll always be sinners, and we'll never be able to truly attain this salvation. And so then the wages of sin is death, eternal condemnation for us. Now, if Paul stopped at verse 23, I think we'd all be in big trouble and we would all be left hopeless. But he doesn't. 
In verse 23, he says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but, he continues, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So it is by faith that we are justified and righteous before God. It is by faith that by the blood of Christ, the wrath of God has been satisfied and appeased. And it is only by faith that in Christ we have been redeemed back into a loving relationship with God. Not by works, but by faith. The only requirement is faith. And even faith, Paul says here, is a gift that has been given to us by the grace of God. It's a gift. Now, I don't know about you, but a gift, I've never had to pay for a gift. I've never had to pay for a present that has been given to me. Because if I have to pay for something that's given to me, it's just called a business transaction, right? I just go to the store and I pay the person and they give me a gift or just something I paid for. Now, a gift is something that we do that is irrational, it's unreasonable, it's unmerited. So when it's someone else's birthday, we give them a gift. Not because they deserve it, but because we love them. It's unmerited, but we give them a gift. On Christmas, we love to give presents. We, we love to give gifts to our children. Why? Not because they deserve it, and not because they were good, but because we love them. It's unmerited. It's a gift. And that is exactly how Paul describes how God has given us justification. We had absolutely nothing to do with it. It wasn't because of our great works. It wasn't because of what we did or who we are before God. If it were, then none of us would deserve it. But in fact, it's a gift that he has given us. And so Paul states again in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So then, we have absolutely no part of our salvation. And this is great news. Since then, we have no part in our salvation. We can't take credit for any of it as well. Yet oftentimes, I believe that we want to take credit. Unknowingly, in our lives, we believe that God starts something, he gives us saving faith, but we have to bring it to completion. And I've found this in my own life as well. God is good enough, he's gracious enough, he's faithful enough to reveal the gospel message to me. But now it's up to me to make it up. Now it's up to me to complete it through my works, through my merit, through my actions. But this isn't what the gospel message is. This isn't what sola fide, justification by faith alone is. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing we boast in. There's nothing we can take credit for in this. This is what the Israelites were guilty of. After God saved them from Egypt, after he showed them his sovereignty and his grace, after even he brought them into the promised land, they fell away. They continued to look to the laws, to their rituals, to the commandments for them to be saved rather than God himself. They ended up replacing Almighty God with their laws and their traditions. 
As Tim Keller says, for many of us, we have a theoretical commitment to the doctrine of justification, but in their daily existence, they rely on their sanctification for justification. Their sanctification for their justification. Drawing their assurance of acceptance with God from their sincerity, their past experience of conversion, their recent religious performances, or the relative infrequency of their conscience, willful disobedience. How many of you, like me, have maybe not prayed as much as you think you should? You haven't read your Bible as much as you should. Maybe the pandemic has made you a little bit more passive, maybe even indifferent. And when we approach God, we're we're almost scared. We feel sorry and we're, we're guilty and we think, well, God must not love me anymore. He must not want to bless me anymore. He must not want to move in my life anymore because I haven't been a good Christian. Well, just as Tim Keller says, it is not our sanctification that brings about our justification. We have already been justified before Almighty God. And there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing we can do that will separate us from his love. There's absolutely nothing. And so Oswald Chambers, he writes, is going to be kind of long, so please bear with me. I am not saved by believing. I simply realize I am saved by believing. It is not repentance that saves me. Repentance is only the sign that I realize what God has done through Christ Jesus. The danger here is putting the emphasis on the effect instead of the cause. Is it my obedience, consecration, and dedication that make me right with God? It is never that. I am made right with God because prior to all of that, Christ died. When I turn to God and by belief accept what God reveals, the miraculous atonement by the cross of Christ instantly places me into a right relationship with God. And as a result of the supernatural miracle of God's grace, I stand justified, not because I'm sorry for my sin or because I've repented, but because of what Jesus has done. The Spirit of God brings justification with a shattering, radiant light, And I know that I am saved, even though I don't know how it was accomplished. So then, we can say, well, if I'm justified by faith, and it's nothing to do with me, and even my faith is given to me as a gift, then can I just be lazy? Can I just live my life the way that I want? And of course, Paul, he knows what we're going to think. And so he answers that already in verse 31. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. When we are given faith, our hearts are regenerated. And through faith, we are driven and motivated to uphold the law because the law represents God. The law is the character of God. The law reveals the heart of God. And so as ones who now desire God and love God, we desire to keep his law. And so let us be reminded every day, of this gospel message. The gospel message is not just for new believers or non-believers, but the gospel message is also especially for those who already believe, who know Jesus Christ, to remind ourselves every day of what Jesus has done for us on that cross, that he has given this gift of justification to us through faith alone. And when you see something beautiful, It attracts you. It inclines you to continue to want to see it or hear it or or taste it. Good food. The gospel message of Jesus Christ, that though we are undeserving, though we didn't 
do anything to attain it, that through faith that we have been justified, this is the most beautiful thing that we will ever, ever know and experience. And when you hear or see or experience something beautiful, I don't know about you, but I want to do it over and over again. If I eat a really, really good food, I want to eat it again. I don't just forget about it, but it comes back into my mind and I want to eat it again. The first time you fall in love with your spouse, you don't just reminisce on that memory. You want to meet that person again and again. You want to experience that beauty again and again. I don't know about you, but that gospel message, this justification by faith alone is a beautiful thing. It is the most beautiful thing. And so then our hearts must be inclined, not just to remember it one time, that one time where we first realized it, but every single day we must remember what Jesus has done for us, especially during this difficult time in our lives, in the world, in this pandemic. I talk to a lot of people that have become almost passive about their faith. And I ask them, well, Do you remember Jesus? Do you remember what he's done? Do you remember this gospel message every day? And they say, oh, well, I've never thought of that. This gospel message motivates us, even during the pandemic, to come and worship and gather together like this, to do things that the world looks at us and says, why would you do something like that? Aren't you scared? Aren't you fearful? But we say no, because the gospel message is so beautiful. The blood of Christ is our hope. Justification is our hope. And so this is how we are able to endure through these times. That we are able to understand and remember what Christ has done. And through this, the great love and mercy of the Lord will constantly help us to persevere through this time. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the hope that you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ, that while we were still sinners, while we were still wretched, while we were still in our sin, that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die for our death, to pay the ransom for our sins. And so, Lord, we come before you this morning once again, praising you, glorifying you, thanking you, for what you have done on that cross for us, remembering that we are justified before you not by works, but we are justified before you by faith. And so we pray, Lord, that you would continue to stir up that faith in us, especially during this pandemic and this difficult time in our world, that, Father, you would be glorified through the faith that you have given us through your church. We thank you, Lord, and we pray all of this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.